0: Can you believe we're seriously talking about this for the third time? Not once, not twice, but now for the third time. Kanye West has not dropped Donda after selling out a football stadium, this time Soldier Field instead of Mercedes-Benz Stadium in Atlanta. He was at Soldier Field in Chicago, and now everyone was let on. You know, We thought we were going to finally get the album. You know what they say, third time's a charm. Well, with Kanye West, he doesn't give a fuck about that phrase because we did not get an album. And we had one of the weirder experiences, one of the weirder Kanye moments ever in his career. Overall, I mean, this experience was fun. The listening event was interesting to watch, but it was very frustrating. And there was a lot of moments where I was just scratching my head saying, you know, like, what the hell is going on? I mean, off rip, talking about the actual music portion starting you know the second track was jail which obviously the first time around everyone went crazy because it was the first time Kanye West and Jay-Z have been on a song together since 2011 since watch the throne that was a decade ago it was a very long time ago so obviously you know people were getting excited then Justin LeBoy who is an absolute menace and I hate the amount of power he holds when it comes to communicating with fans and Kanye West he's like a middleman it sucks But he said that Watch the Throne 2 was coming out. Everyone obviously flipped their shit. I just don't know what's going on. So Jay-Z, Kanye West, back together. Second time. This song is better mixed. There's more, you know, glorious production. It is absolutely beautiful. And it serves as the second to last song with No Child Left Behind being the last. Now, today... Obviously, the Donda interlude starts things off, which a lot of people, you know, give shit for, but I think it's really cool. It's very haunting, it's very spiritual, and it just connects you, you know, it enters you to the realm of what Donda is all about as an experience, as an entity, and as a record. So, obviously, you start off with the Donda interlude, and then you go into jail, and, you know, everyone's excited. But off-rip, I just felt like this was off. It didn't fit with the pacing of the other tracks, and it just set this off on a very weird tone. This feels like a triumphant, you know, almost near-the-end type of song on a record. doesn't feel like something that should be kicking off your experience. So, obviously, you know, already in a weird way. I'm already flipping out. What the fuck? He flipped the track list, it looks like. And then, obviously, waiting for that Jay-Z verse, you know, who do you get to replace a Jay-Z verse in hip-hop? One of the greatest feature artists of all time. What rapper is worthy of taking Jay-Z off a track and putting on... I can maybe think of one, and that would be Andre 3000, just because of how exclusive he is to getting on tracks. Well, guess what? Kanye West doesn't give a fuck about having Jay-Z on the song because the baby was on the track. I don't know what to fucking say. I just, like... I, it makes no sense. Now, I will give it to DaBaby, who I know has been in a lot of shit recently, but you know, putting all the controversy aside, he did spit a very solid verse. But how are you going to remove Jay-Z off a song and put DaBaby? That's got to be a hip-hop sin. That's got to be written in the hip-hop Bible that that is a hip-hop sin because you remove one of the greatest artists of all time and put DaBaby on the track. So already you're, you know, leaving sour taste in people's mouth between, you know, the poor pacing that we've already seen. And we're only on the second track and, you know, removing Jay-Z. And, you know, this same seemed to be a theme that stayed prevalent throughout the entire experience. Kid Cuddy was moved off remote control, you know, remote and Moon, which a lot of people were livid about. I was very livid about. I was waiting for Cuddy, who you know fit the track perfectly. You know, the more authentic vocals of his with the more altered versions of Don Tolliver's, it meshed together perfectly, and we really had a classic track in the making. And then you know, Cuddy's gone, and we had an added glob sound, you know, skit. And I don't know what the frick this is from. I've heard it before i hate it and it's so terrible I, I don't remember you know what this is from but i heard it and i was like what what is this you cut off kid cuddy from a track and added the most random dumb shit it, it just makes no sense like there's no way you were in the studio kanye making this record and said oh the album is better without kid cuddy my greatest collaborator that i've ever worked with and you know I'm going to add this stupid skit. So you already now, you removed your greatest collaborators are no longer on this album because Jay Z. Kid Cudi and Pusha T are unanimously the greatest, you know, the most chemistry-filled artists Kanye has ever worked with. They have all done marvelous work together. They're all gone. And obviously, Pusha T was on the track Donda, which served as, you know, one of the opening tracks on the first and second listening experiences. Not the Donda interlude, just the, another track called Donda. So the track's been called. And, you know, it's the um, very good, very mysterious intro or, you know, opening up track. Of Kanye and Push trading bars, that spiritualism, self-worth, self-loathing, religion, pain, grief. It is such a good, good song. And the way they bounce off of each other is masterful. One of the best examples of their actual vocal, you know, bar-to-bar chemistry that I've ever seen. And this is gone. Like, why is this gone? It it just makes no sense. I, I clearly, like, there's no smart creative decision that i can draw to that these are gone i mean the choices so far adding to baby adding this stupid actually i think offensive skit like i was kid cudi i'd be like bro like what are you doing like kid cudi came in last minute made some beautiful you know additions to the album and now they're gone and now this is not the only things that were clipped from the album the Lox's three verses so jadakiss styles p and chic louch all of their verses were removed from Jesus' is Lord or Jesus' Lord. And I mean, I don't really know how to feel about this. I think that the song was very extensive. It was very long. It was like an 11 minute cut, which I did like. I think definitely Jadakiss's verse should have remained. Now, J Electronica's verse is still there. Thank God. But, um,. You know, it's just very, like, weird. You know, you again, you flew these guys in right after their verses battle, you know, and they're scorching hot. They destroyed Dipset. You bring them in, record them. You show them off once. They did their thing. They packed the track. They made the track one of the most beautiful Kanye tracks that I've ever heard. And, you know, now they're gone. It just really, I don't know. Like, I just, there's so many head-scratching decisions here. And then, you know, Cardi's verse, Playboy Cardi, his verse got clipped from Junior, although he's still on Off the Grid, which we'll talk about later. Then Conway the Machine got clipped from Keep My Spirit a Lot, but fortunately, Westside Guns verse is still there, and Westside Gunn actually made an appearance at the event tonight. He came out to his verse and you know was standing on the infamous porch of Kanye's you know childhood home, which again, we'll talk about the whole presentation of the experience later because I got a lot to say about that. And then, you know, um, there were some more weird changes and additions. Now, one track that I was so confused that it got clipped was Never Abandoned My Family. I think this is one of the best, most passionate, most thoughtful cuts. Kanye's really on his knees, you know, talking about his decisions in life, how it's affected his marriage, how he's lost his wife, how it's going to affect the relationship with his children. Beautiful song. And, you know, it was not there. And then later in the event, you know, it looks like Kanye and Kim got back together. There was a marriage ceremony in between all of this just complete chaos. There was a marriage. There was an actual marriage in, you know, during the event. This just like, if I was telling you what happened at this event, you would think I was smoking crack. Like you just, it doesn't sound like a real, you know, a real part of life. Like, there was a marriage. Kanye set himself on fire. Marilyn Manson was standing next to the baby West Side Gun. Like, what the fuck? This is not reality. Like, this can't be reality. Now, you know, there was um, one song that I was very confused with. I guess I'll say was "I'm Not Okay." Now, Lil Yachty was still there. Different verse, definitely worse. So again, another negative. And Fabio foreign was added. He was just you know doing his thing in the background definitely solid didn't mind him and then this dude roga 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 i don't know how to pronounce his name no disrespect he's an established chicago rapper you know and i can't speak english it's late he dabbles in that drill that trap lane what the fuck was he doing here like i just didn't didn't contribute anything and then I don't know if this was going to be an interlude on the album. If he just played it, but he has a song called "The GD Anthem," and he just started performing it like on stage. I don't know what the fuck the point of this was. Pace killer made no sense. Nothing to do with Kanye. It was almost as bad as you know the "Pop Smoke We Made It" interlude, which again came on. Still terrible. Still sounds poorly mixed. Still the vocals were already used on a song with Kanye Pop Smoke and Pusha T off Pop Smoke's album Faith. Makes no sense why it's here now. One track that did actually get better was Off the Grid with Five Yo Forin, whose verse got chimmed down a little, which was definitely good, it was definitely extensive. Playboy Cardi, whose verse stayed the exact same. You know, the overall structure and sound of the track stayed the same, and then we had actually one of the best. Kanye West versus, in the past decade, that was spit at the end. Kanye absolutely teared in over this drill beat with that crazy synth line. It was awesome. It was a monument to see. Pure Souls with Roddy Rich is still great. And then, you know, we got Believe What I Am, finally, which is a track that was released on Twitter in July of 2020. And people went crazy because it sampled the iconic song from the Queen of Hip Hop, Miss Lauryn Hill, that thing. Everyone was listening to the track. You know, it was huge back then. It was sharing that quick snippet. And, you know, we got the full track for the first time in over a year, Definitely a very interesting song. I didn't really like it in the beginning. It had a very fade feel, which obviously I'm not a big fan of fade. If you know me, I think it didn't fit the vibe of the Life of Pablo, although it is a solid track. It's just more of a post-Malone and Ty Sign track than an actual Kanye track. But it had those same spacey, you know, bass lines. And it really it felt like it in the beginning, but then it evolved into something more, you know, angelic, more heavenly, and a very, you know. I came around to it at the end. So overall, I do think it was a solid addition, but for what was removed, I wouldn't, you know, I would trade this back any day of the week. Now, Love Donda, as I said, was, you know, a great, great opening, a great interlude. I did like that change. I think it could have been placed, though, you know, I where it was placed last time, which was in the middle of the album, I thought it was perfectly fine. It was right after Jesus is Lord, which is one of the more, you know, God sent tracks on the record. So overall, musically, I'm just confused. Like this was just so weird musically. This was not as good. It wasn't as bad as the first one, I'd say, because obviously the mixing was fixed. Also, Hurricane was there intact. With Lil Baby, The weekend. Thank God that wasn't touched. Because that was another amazing track. And then obviously, praise God, with Baby Keem, Travis Scott, that wasn't touched. But, you know, just a lot of the musical decisions here just felt off. It didn't feel like Kanye was getting ready to release this album. It feels like he was undressing it. Trying to, you know, actually make the process to create this album take longer. That's at least what it seemed like to me. Now, overall... I thought that the second version we heard was amazing. I think it was one of the better albums Kanye's ever released. spoken briefly about it, haven't actually, you know, put my thoughts into you know a solidified video or article. But I did think that that was great. The first one I thought was a mess. This one I thought was better than the first one, but still a mess, a lot worse than the second one, which is just frustrating. Like I said Donda was ready. That night, Donda was ready that Thursday. What was that? Frickin' the 6th or something. I don't remember. The 8th. But it was ready then. Should have dropped because now we, like, he's backtracking. He's perfectionism. Kanye's perfectionism is hurting the creative process, which is just an absolute shitstorm. Now, the presentation of this event also, first of all, I don't think was as good as the last one. The first one, presentation was very plain, so obviously it was better than that because Kanye was just standing in a red vest while literally nothing happened but the second one was very cool between you know obviously the first time seeing all the different fans and spectators suited up in the black donda mask and the vest super cool kanye you know with the whole 24-hour live stream we watched him sleep we watched him record which is very cool is a very cool you know artistic touch very you know added to the power of the actual experience seeing all the build-up to it from you know kanye sleeping to him working out shit was cool and then, you know, actually during the experience, he, you know, did some cool things, to the songs. And then obviously at the end, the effect that everyone was talking about was Kanye floating up to heaven at the end, which was one of the craziest things that I actually saw. I was very emotional to watch as a diehard Kanye fan. I'm sure many of you guys got emotional too, but that was beautiful. So going into this You know, he really needed to do something cool, and I think rebuilding his childhood home, or as Quavo calls it, the Bando, is, you know, obviously with all the spaces and his signature font, you know, that was very cool. He put a cross on top of it to kind of emulate, you know, a church-like feel, you know, to wove the whole experience together with God, his mother. I liked the, you know, the setup of it. Now, it was weird. There was trucks driving around the house the whole time. There was, you know, more people in the vest, like in the last experience. And then Kanye just kind of like chilled in the porch, occasionally went to the backyard to make the people who bought tickets behind the house feel like they didn't waste their money. He went like twice and he brought Travis Scott with him who was there. And we'll get into, you know, the guests on stage, which, you know, just was weird, but cool, I guess. (laughs) Um You know, and then it was like, you know, just chilling on the front porch and more people came. Some people left. Very interesting. But, you know, it started out Baby was on stage. And then Marilyn Manson, who is on jail, apparently, you know, the song Jail. And maybe that's why Jay Z wanted to be removed, is because you now he has credits there. Maybe this was an inner thing. Maybe Kanye, you know, was like, okay, I need to pick a controversial rapper, you know, someone to replace Jay Z. Which in that case, I'm not as mad as it's not Kanye's actual, you know, creative fault. Although, just fucking remove Marilyn Manson from the song. We don't really need him here. The song was already fine the second time, but. You know, he was there. And at first, when I tuned into the event, now I was driving when the event first started. So I was just listening to it. I obviously wasn't looking at it because, you know, I have to drive a car. I don't want to fucking die. But, um, you know, I looked down and off the grid was playing by the time I'm actually watching my screen. And I see a shorter guy. So I'm like, oh, that must be Playway Cardi. He must be bringing everyone out. I'm like, oh, Fabio Foreign. He's pretty tall. I look at his face. I'm like, that's a weird fucking mask and look more I'm like oh shit that's Marilyn fucking Manson what is going on like that was just one of the biggest like curveballs I've seen like what was he doing there and obviously he's going through you know um a federal lawsuit right now a lot of sexual assault charges sexual allegations so very weird choice to bring him on cuz he you know the dude is a piece of shit but again that's a very Kanye West thing to do and obviously bringing Debbie as he's you know going through all these issues where people are trying to cancel him for the dumb, blatant, ignorant comments that he made at Rolling Loud Miami. So, very controversial to start. As the show went on, some more people joined. There was, you know, Travis Scott was there. Um, who was there else? Um, Shania, I think was her name. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. Don Tolliver came out. West Side Gun came out. Larry Hoover Jr. came out, who was still at the end of Jesus Lord, with his, you know, great spoken word interlude about his father, Larry Hoover, who is obviously, you know, a crime legend, but, you know, he explains how his father is a good man. I, how he explains how not just because you're a criminal doesn't mean you're a bad person. Sometimes people need to turn to that life to, you know, better their family, and that's what he did, and it's a very, you know sweet way to you know add to the overall lore of the album add to the overall lore of spiritualism, forgiveness, understanding and I think that that was a great choice but Larry Hoover jr. was there on stage with this weird crew and then Roga came like I just you gotta think about this like there's a picture of all of them on the porch like it felt like a fever dream I and mean, that was the best analysis the best word the best comparison like this did not feel real seeing west side gun stand next to marilyn manson and larry hoover junior and travis scott and baby like just was so weird so weird i just didn't even know like this uh, there was just a weird vibe overall like this whole time and then between you know my own self and i'm sure a lot of you guys getting frustrated as it's like why isn't Jay Z here? Why isn't Kid Cudi here? Why is this track gone? Why is there a dumb skit? It was like very frustrating. And as these weird things kept happening, I was like getting angry. Like it was just a very frustrating experience, probably more frustrating than the first, if I'm being honest. Now, the coolest thing, and there was a lot of cool effects, which I will give Kanye for this one. We obviously saw, after one of the tracks, we saw him ascend up into heaven and, you know, have his mother bestow him from her own eyes, which was a very beautiful, somber moment. We saw Kanye, you know, obviously float all the way up, and then, you know, the event went on, which I really did like that touch. That wasn't, you know, even the, you know, where the effect stopped as, obviously, you know, the big effect, the wow effect, was that they emulated a fire inside of the house and then Kanye actually lit himself on fire. Now, last time, and I hate to, you know, break anyone, you know, anyone's spirit who didn't know this yet, but Kanye actually didn't float up to heaven. There was a stuntman, and not really, you know, they hit it very well, but there was a stuntman, so it wasn't actually Kanye, which, you know, might lose the power of it, which I obviously didn't know when I was watching, and most people even didn't know who were there, but eventually, you know, they figured it out. So this was probably a stuntman, because I don't really know if Kanye would light himself on fire. I, I just don't. But, you know, um, that was a thing. Kanye lit himself on fire, supposedly. And then, you know, he ran out. He was burning. They obviously put him out before, you know, the fire escalated. Very cool touch. Um, the music was better. It would have sat with us a lot, you know, better. But I just... I, I My problem was with this experience. And uh, there there was no cohesion. There was no... The house, it could have been used for, you know, something so much cooler. And there was a lot of weird theories that Kanye was going to try to, like, sacrifice everyone in the stadium and bring back his mother, which, again, just absolute bullshit. But I I just, like, I thought, you know, the house would have been used as a storytelling device to, you know – Visualize the album, but instead it was just kind of used as a weird staging ground, and I didn't really appreciate it. Like the last album, Listening Party, had a clear feel, clear religious feel, you know, obviously ending with him ascending into heaven. This one has him, you know, running out on fire. Like I was cool, but I didn't understand the significance to it. And maybe, you know, there was something I missed, you know, maybe him burning up in flames, you know, representing his symbolic flame. But then, you know, even if that makes sense what the fuck was that wedding at the end like okay cool Kanye and Kim are back together I'm happy for them you know their family makes life a lot easier for a lot of people give them that but like did this really was this necessary for the event I guess for Kanye and Kim's marriage maybe it was but it had nothing to do with the album now when No Child Left Behind played at the end like you know, it was weird. Kim Kardashian came down in the white veil. And eventually I was like, who is this a ghost? I thought someone was dressed up as a ghost. I was like, this is weird. And then I saw the braid. And then I think it was like, oh shit, it's Kim Kardashian. Pretty cool. But like, This doesn't have anything to do with the, you know, experience of Donda, unless I'm missing something. If, you know, if you guys have a cool interpretation of this, a cool analysis, I'd love to know because, you know, I'm just, you know, I felt bitter during that. Like, it was great. Again, congratulations to Kanye and Kim, but I just didn't, it didn't feel right for, you know, the experience we were in. It just didn't fit the Donda experience this just felt like a circus. That, I, that's the only thing I could say. Like it ended, you know, with Kanye setting himself on fire and then getting remarried to Kim Kardashian. Marilyn Manson was there. Wes thatgun was there. Larry Hoover Jr. was there. like it it just was so odd. It was so odd. The music was all over the place. It, it was overall just a very weird experience. It was entertaining, but it was a three ring circus. Now, that's what I got to say about the actual, you know, music. The visual experience, the listening event, I hope everyone who was there, you know, enjoyed it, even though, you know, some people were pissed that they had to watch a back of a house for, you know, two odd hours, and obviously Kanye was late as usual, and the listening party didn't end till like, 145, maybe 2 a.m. It was late at Eastern time talking, obviously. You know, we've given this another 24 hours, and Donda is still not out, and I really don't think it's coming out anytime soon. Now, I know on Instagram that there's an account that's, you know, apparently close to Kanye, and it says the album was turned in, but really, like, do we still believe these things? For some reason, Victor Oladipo for, you know, people who don't know is a basketball player who plays in the Miami Heat tweeted out that he spoke to Kanye and it's coming. And then, you know, people were telling me it's coming out at midnight because Victor Oladipo said it like, what is a, you know, like a barely like top 75 top 100 player in the NBA going to know about this Kanye West album coming out? Like it just does not make sense. Like what the hell is going on at this point? I don't know. When do I think this record will come out? I really don't think anytime soon. If it does come out anytime soon, it will be September 3rd to um, you know, coincide with Drake's certified lover boy, which I think will be a very interesting battle. I think Drake will ultimately win the sales battle, but if Drake was going to sell 800,000 units without... You know, the Kanye West presence, I think he'll probably sell 400, 450,000 and Kanye will move anywhere between 300 and 375,000 units will be very interesting to see what happens. But I mean, what is going on with, you know, Donda, the album Donda as an actual, you know, cohesive project, because obviously, as I've just been talking about for the past 20 minutes, what we've gotten is just a train wreck. It's an absolute circus of a record. There's a lot of good moments, but everything that we heard in this third version, this third listening event of Donda, it's just not, you know, the way an album of this magnitude, an album that we have heard so many great components of, should be organized. Now, some people are saying that the, you know, the art of Donda, the peak of Donda, is that it's an album that has all the components of a regular album, except it's actually not out. And now whether Kanye is doing this to cater to his God complex or to, you know, add some extra money to his account, add some extra money to his, you know, multi-billion dollar, you know, estate, his multi-billion dollar, you know, worth. I mean, you know, that could be why he's doing it because, you know, he doesn't really make a lot of money off his actual music. A lot of these rappers, they lose money off their albums these days, especially Kanye West, who has these big budget albums, doesn't tend to turn a profit on the actual music sales and it's touring and all the other stuff that comes with that that makes him the money. And, you know, someone did an estimated revenue chart and Kanye actually earned probably about $40 million, obviously, without paying everyone who was involved in the event somewhere around there, maybe even more between these three listening events. So it is adding a nice sum of change to his pocket. So now what people are saying is that Kanye is going to keep doing these listening events for, you know, maybe the next year. And it is going to be an amusement park, a Disney world album type experience. And now what I mean by this and what people mean by this is that the album offers you know the Donda experience you know the core of the musical experience that you're going to be getting you know you're going to be getting Kanye West but you know as all trips to an amusement park are there's always different little things that happen there's things that change up the experience when you're on the ride and it is very interesting to think about and, you know, looking at the version of Jail specifically, you know, adding baby and Marilyn Manson, which kind of serves as a middle finger to cancel culture when you're looking at it in the big picture. It's very interesting, but at the same time, you're not actually, you know, going to get, you know, you don't want that over the actual Jay-Z verse on the definitive version of the album. It's all over the place. It really is a train wreck. I couldn't tell you what happens. If we don't get it September 3rd, don't expect it for a long time. We actually may never get it. And as many people have said, if Donda didn't drop the night it was originally announced, which was July 26th, we're never going to get it. And it honestly looks like we're going to be getting it. Actually, excuse me, I think it was July 22nd when we were supposed to be getting it. But you get the point. Overall, this is just a mess. There's a lot of cool things going on, but this is just chaotic now i will say i give it to kanye west the guy is a genius everyone is in tune to every single move he's making there's just so many moving parts of this process everyone is interested from the drake beef to the actual music itself to these experiences to these crazy draw dropping jaw draw dropping (laughs) jaw dropping effects there is just a lot going on and this is art in whatever, you know, regard you want to call it, no matter how frustrating it is, and it is getting very, you know, tiring, very draining, sitting through these parties and then not getting the album, but it is very cool, and it's going to be, you know, very admirable, very, you know, I think revolutionary looking at it in 10, 20 years from now, but overall, again, I don't know when the hell we're going to get this album, and I don't really think anyone does besides Kanye actually I don't think Kanye does I don't think anyone does I think if God came down to me and said Mr. F we are gonna get this album on this day I'd be like yo you, you don't know you don't know that God like like that's to the point where we're at with this album but again I don't know do you guys think you know Donda's gonna drop by September 3rd do you think it's gonna be there to rival the release of Drake certified lover boy? Let me know in the comments. Let me know on Instagram. Let me know your thoughts on everything in this video. I appreciate you guys watching. I appreciate you guys listening. Thanks for the support. If you're listening on our streaming services, be sure to follow, subscribe on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, wherever you're listening. And if you're on YouTube, be sure to subscribe, leave a like, share this to a friend. Again, I love you guys. I appreciate the support so much. Mr. Fantastic, fantastic hip hop signing out. Have a great day. Peace.